Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Lockdown Canadians, I'm going to be previewing the Saturday game against the Pittsburgh Penguins to see if the Canadians can push their winning streak to three straight games with another win against the Penguins this season. And then after that, it is the Friday mailbag. We're going to be talking trade ideas, Bedard versus Mitchkov, pro wrestling, and Matthew Joseph's bad poutine opinions, all that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 723 of Lockdown Canadians. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And remember, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am your host. I am Scott Matla. If you have stuck with me through this week as I have been solo hosting, thank you very much. You do not need to worry. My co host, The Active Stick, will be back going into next week. But please, before she gets back, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your daily podcast or on YouTube and make sure you ring the bell so you get notified every time we post a new episode or go live on that streaming platform. And folks, it is Friday when you are listening to this. I'm recording this Thursday night, which means all sorts of nonsense is probably about to happen because I'm trying to record this early enough in the day so that I can sit down and go play Call of Duty with my friends because that is what millennials do nowadays. I'm excited. The Canadians are on a two-game winning streak, two solid efforts in back-to-back games, two wins, one away, one at home, and they welcome the Pittsburgh Penguins next. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are not doing not doing the best so far this season. I am currently looking at the standings. The Penguins are seventh in their conference, admittedly, or division, I should say, and Montreal is sitting only sixth. The Canadians, seven, six, and one on the season. The Penguins, five, six, and two. And in their last 10 games, the Penguins are 3-6-1, and one, and the Habs are 5-4-1. and one. As you will recall, the last time these two teams met, Pittsburgh was up 2-0, seemed to be cruising, and then it was the Cole Caulfield show as he got them to overtime, and then it was Kirby Doc setting up, or Kirby Doc getting the game winner thanks to Sean Monahan's incredible overtime patience. And then the teams kind of went on different paths. The Canadians, you know, waffled between being good and being bad. And the Penguins, for a lack of a better word, and from what I saw from my Penguins fans around Twitter and our friends over at Lockdown Penguins, is the Penguins stunk. Defensively, offensively, in net, everything that could possibly go wrong did go wrong for them. And you know what? That's to the Canadians' advantage in this upcoming game here. They don't want to try and play a running gun kind of thing well they can because they have the pieces for that but you don't want to get in a match where it's going to come down to Crosby and Malkin versus your best because I love Nick Suzuki and I love Cole Caulfield I love Kirby Doc I love the pieces the Canadians have but this has the kind of game where Sidney Crosby goes I'm tired of us losing all these games in a row they did beat the Washington Capitals which is a huge momentum boost for them beating Outside of the Flyers, arguably your biggest rival in the NHL in the Capitals, and they did so relatively easy, but it wasn't without its losses. The Penguins are nursing a ton of injuries on defense. 
And the guys they do have have not played exceedingly well this season. Guys like Brian Dumoulin, who I continue to see over and over and over again, are not playing well. This game is going to go potentially a couple of ways. The Canadians, if they come out like they did against the Canucks, the Canadians are going to blitz this team here. They're going to hammer the Penguins because the Penguins' depth isn't producing the way they need it to. They just have to survive Crosby and Malkin for a little bit. Get through that, mitigate that damage, and you can run over this team. You have the piece to do so. You've done so. They've already proven that they can hang with this Penguins team when it was healthy. And now the defense is beaten up a little bit here. Uh, Jake Allen is more than likely to get the start in this game, which, cool. We we love that, do, do we not? And I am very, very interested to see just how does this team look? Josh Anderson will be back in the lineup. There is no game on Monday. They don't play again until Tuesday when they welcome the red-hot New Jersey Devils. It's going to be a very interesting game because the Canadians now shift things a little bit. There's no Slavkovsky in this game. Josh Anderson should be back Should be back in unless anything crazy has happened at that point. And I think he's going to be looking for a little bit of revenge in terms of, all right, cost my team a little bit here. Got to get myself back on, you know, the boys' good side here. I think we're going to see a, a strong game from Josh Anderson. Even if the points aren't there, I think we're going to see a strong game from him. And I think that top line of Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc is going to absolutely cook against this Penguins defense. Chris Letang still has something in the tank. Jeff Petrie is still a solid NHL defenseman. And his pairing with Marcus Patterson has done very well at not allowing a lot of high-danger chances against. But as we know, when Jeff Petrie messes something up, it is not a half measure. It is not a small mistake. It is nuclear apoplectic destruction of everything. And it almost always results in a goal against. Tristan Jari, Casey DeSmith haven't overwhelmingly been strong this year. The Canadians can exploit and win this game. I, I, You do always have to worry about Sidney Crosby magic because it's Sidney Crosby. He's been in the league so long. How do you not expect him to do something crazy every time these two teams meet? There's nothing you can do about it sometimes. It's like playing Connor McDavid. If he wants to, he's going to. And it's as simple as that. It's very hard to compete with that. But like I was saying earlier, if they can mitigate the damage that Crosby and Malkin do a little bit and really put the pressure on the Penguins, the Penguins don't have the depth to roll out and be like, okay, we're not going to play the Kasperi captain line. We're not going to play the fourth line with Josh Archibald and whomever. And they got to rely heavily on those guys get tired. Even the best get tired. This is a winnable game for the Canadians to push their winning streak two, three games in a row here. It's not going to be easy. Like I said, the Penguins are coming off that win, and they're going to be looking for revenge after that last game. Can the Canadians keep their focus that allowed them to win these two games? Or if things aren't going their way, are they going to kind of lose their way? I think we might see the Habs pull off another one here. I think it's going to be an entertaining affair. I think we're looking at like a 5-4, 5-3 kind of game here one way or the other. I think this is another bounce back game for Jake Allen, who was strong in Detroit again. And I think... This is a game where the power play is finally going to, you know, see regular consistency, not that pretend fake consistency where they score very quickly and then are crap for the rest of the game. I think this is going to be a, a kind of a helpful get right game for the Canadians. And then they finish that Slavkovsky will be back in the lineup or off suspension against the New Jersey Devils. Is Mike Hoffman going to stay red hot? Is Kirby Doc going to stay hot? Who knows? 
But we got to shift gears a little bit here. It is Friday when you're listening to this. That means it is time for the Friday mailbag. I am solo hosting this week. So if I look distracted, reading, looking off screen, I am just reading your questions that are coming in through our email and everything else. We're going to dive into all of those coming up in just one moment. But first, as I told you, today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. They are your number one source for all your sports betting needs, info, analysis, anything you are looking for, BetOnline has. You want to bet on hockey, you can bet on hockey. You want to bet on the NBA, you can bet on the NBA. The NFL and NCAA football are in full swing. You have NCAA basketball starting up. You can bet on MMA. You can bet on boxing. You can bet on golf. They have something for everyone, and they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to their website, and that is betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more. And folks, as always, remember, bet online. it's where the game starts. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. It is me solo hosting the mailbag this week, and I'm going to do my best to be as entertaining and informative as possible for you. And remember, if you ever want to send mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com, or, you know, slide into the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. Don't really have time for people being rude to other people. Be kind, rewind, be nice. Let's dive right into it. And this one comes from Simon or Simone. If I'm mispronouncing this, please tell me. This comes to our email. My question, or more so statement of amazement by the critical number of data points needed for a regression to have its toll, I know some of those words, is how can the NHL standings be so fluky after October, but almost be set in stone by after American Thanksgiving? Is it so, or are these descriptions of the standings myths that seem counterintuitive that are coupled in this sentence? Hockey's weird. Hockey is a long season. In that it's not like baseball where you can make up a lot of ground with long with winning streaks because it's 162 games. Hockey is like that in a way that at a certain point, the winning streak you would have to go on has to be coupled with other teams performing to their absolute worst. In that, like let's say we hit Christmas and the Habs are sitting where they're at now. And they are currently believe, I believe they are three or four points out of the playoffs. That's two games. That's fine. But let's say they go on a little bit of a losing streak and that point total goes to 10 games. That is five wins the Canadians need without someone else also winning a game that is ahead of them. It's so hard the way hockey works out unless you are truly devastatingly god-awful like the Habs were last year to manage to make up the same ground that, okay, we are 10 points out of the final playoff spot. Let's say they're chasing the Islanders and they are 10 points out. They are outside the wildcard, but they are 10 points back at the Islanders. They need a five-game losing streak from the Islanders. Cool. The Habs have won five in a row. If the Islanders only you know lose two games in there, they still have a sizable gap. And it being set in stone is it's weird because the early season is always a fluke. Toronto looks a little bit better as a team than they did two weeks ago where the sky was on fire. Everything is falling. The chicken the pets heads are falling off. Austin Matthews is a bum. Sheldon Keefe should be fired. Sheldon Keefe should be fired. That's not the point though. Mitch Marner is a bum. Why did we do all this? Everything. Oh, they're fine. There's always early season bumps and then everything kind of settles in and regresses to the mean, whether that be in a good way or a bad way. We will talk about that in terms of Canadians goaltending. 
Our next question comes from Jay, not our friend Jay from Lockdown Blue Jackets. Hi, Jay. What's up? And this is in our email as well. I know the narrative this whole offseason, even at the start of the season, where the Habs are going to be a bad team this year. And while they haven't won their last few games, admittedly, this is from last week, so grain of salt. The scores have been close. The play has been strong. And unlike too many Habs teams in the past, they actually don't quit. Strong agree. The game against Vegas being a great example. 12 games into the season, I'm not seeing a bad team yet. I think we as fans need to stop the narrative and have fun watching what's happening because it's been good hockey. And one last note, that Gooley passed to Slav for a second goal of the year, third goal of the year, was a thing of beauty. Can't, can't, can't wait to keep watching that for years to come. Thanks, gang. Jay. I am glad you mentioned that because I've seen it on other podcasts and I've seen it written. The Canadians might be one of the better bad teams in NHL history. Are they entertaining? Yes. Are they getting goals? Yes. Are they getting production from prospects? Yes. Are they getting great goaltending? Yes. Are they a top team in the league? No. And do you know why? Because sometimes things balances out. Samuel Montembeau will eventually regress. He will not be a 930 goalie. If he wanted to be super dope, super cool, not likely to happen overall. Regression will happen, and we're going to see a lot of ugly games. I, You can't avoid that fact when you're a rebuilding team. You will see ugly games. That's just a fact of the matter. But Martin St. Louis has a thing in these guys that even when things are bad, there's still effort and they do not quit. And I think that's really, really per, uh, important because it's building strong bases for these guys to build and play off of. We have another question here from uh, Vitherson, and I am sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. I am doing my best. I have a trade suggestion for the mailbag question. To Washington, Sean Monahan and Montreal receives a first-round pick in 2023. My reason behind this trade is because the Capitals can use the centerman because we don't know when Nick Backstrom will return to play, and if they still want to make a push for the playoffs, they're going to need one. I can see Sean Monahan having a revival of his career playing on their first line. I might be wrong, and I'm willing to hear your point of view. That's a very good idea, actually, because I know Backstrom is a guy that stirs the drink very heavily in that group in Washington. I've seen Colorado mentioned as a team that might want him because they're still looking for their Nazem Kadri replacement. And I have fallen in love with what Sean Monaghan has done in Montreal. And if he continues to play like this, where he's an effective penalty killer, he's a good guy at winning faceoffs, plays top six minutes, teams are going to knock down the door for that. If you don't think so, remember that Ben Chirac got an unprotected first-round pick. And Sean Monaghan is arguably more valuable than that. I really do think that a team like Washington, a team like Colorado, there will be suitors for Sean Monaghan. Washington is a very interesting one, though, because I hadn't thought about it because I had admittedly forgotten Nick Backstrom's out. They do need that guy. I think that's a very good point that you brought up there. Uh, we have another one from uh, Mike, and this says, Dear Laura and Scott, before I ask my question, Laura, keep doing everything you're doing. I wouldn't change a thing. I agree. Laura's the best always. You are 50% of the reason lots of us make Lockdown Canadians the first list of the day. I know it's mine. Here's my question. I've started to listen to Lockdown NHL Prospects. Hello, Hattie. Go subscribe to Lockdown NHL Prospects. They are phenomenal. The other day was a ranking for the 2023 draft, and I have to say I'm very agree intrigued by Mitchkov. My question at this moment in time, is there any way under any circumstance that you would pick Mitchkov over Bedard? 
I'm not sure what I would do, but I guess that's why I depend on both of you for insight. Thanks as always for sharing your time, Mike in Belleville. So, no. And that's not because Mitchkov isn't an incredible talent. It's that Connor Bedard is currently destroying the WHL at to an almost unseen level. It, it's actually scary. He's on another like six game point streak with just an absurd amount there. Yes, it's junior hockey, but oh my God, is he just absolutely out of his mind? He's cracked, as the kids say. Connor Bedard's absolutely wild to watch. I don't get to watch a lot of WHL games just because the time zone difference makes it difficult for me to be up that late trying to find a way to watch that online. And it is, it's tough. But when I say Connor Bedard should be far and away the first overall pick, it's not because it's a disrespect to Mitchkov or Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson or anyone else. It's because he's just so talented. And I like Mitchkov a lot. There is also the lingering question of he has a contract through 2025 in Russia. He's not likely to be able to pop over to the U.S. anytime or North America, I should say, at any time, given the political situation. I'm picking Bedard every time in that spot, not because I did, don't like Mitchkov, just because I think Bedard is it. It's scary what he's doing right now. And we do have another mailbag uh, question. This is from actually a couple of weeks ago that we hadn't gotten to. And this is about the Seattle Kraken mascot. And I want to actually go over this with Laura because we were both interested. So, Stephen, we are not ignoring your question. We just want to actually discuss that as a pair of hosts again because it is very interesting. It helped fill it, all this out. But, folks, first we have to get into the rest of our mailbag questions. These ones come from Twitter. And that's all coming up in just one moment. We are back. It is I, Scott Matla, here hosting Locked On Canadians this week. And folks, when I asked for Twitter questions this week, it was this or I talked about WCW. And based on the announcements we got, no one wanted to hear me talk about WCW, which is fine because Hulk Hogan ruined everything, as he often does. I'm going to jump right into the replies to the LOC account and then to mine. Coming up first from Jay at Locked On uh, Blue Jackets. You have to swap one Hab for one AEW wrestler. What makes the best Habs game an AEW lineup? And my thought is immediately, if you are the Montreal Canadiens, you are going out there and you are bringing in Wardlow. And do you want to know why you're bringing in Wardlow? Because you're putting him on a pairing with Arbor Jackeye and you are watching two big beefy men beef everyone up. That is why you were doing that. And one Hab for an AEW wrestler you are 100% putting Joel Edmondson in that ring. You can't tell me that Joel Edmondson, being that physical tough guy that he is, wouldn't absolutely want to just clothesline somebody at the after the year that he has had. And you know what? I would also say Arbor Jacki, but I want him on a pairing with Wardlow to just beat dudes up. Who doesn't want to see Wardlow and Arbor Jacki beat dudes up? If you don't, I don't think you have a soul. And speaking of Arbor Jacki, this comes from Matt Drake, my uh Compatriot overdies on the prize. Okay, you can have $1 million. No strings attached to that money. But every year during your birthday month, Arbor Jackeye hunts you down for a fight. Your location is known to him thanks to any nearby Wi-Fi network. If you can kill him, you he responds to the nearest Costco and continues his quest till the end of the month. Are you taking the money? 
My answer to that is yes, because there is not a Costco nearby where I am at. And quite frankly, I, I like my odds at surviving this for a month in December in Western New York. I like my odds. I don't like my odds if he gets his hands on me, mind you, but I, I like my odds overall. This one uh, next comes from our friend Tony Ferrari. Which Habs rookie defenseman has exceeded your expectations? I, I could make it a three for three on Arbor Jacki here because he has, but I have to say, and this is a twofer, Jordan Harris and Jonathan Kovacevic have really blown me away with how composed they are as players on this Canadiens team. Jordan Harris doesn't get nearly the praise that Caden Gooley and Arbor Jacki do, which admittedly, is fine because Arbor Jacki has been a very prominent story since the rookie tournament. And Caden Gooley was always going to get those, those eyes playing 20 plus minutes a night on the Canadians top pairing. But Jordan Harris makes a lot of really smart plays, really smart reads, keeps plays alive, does everything you ever could want out of a defenseman. And I love that. And Jonathan Kovacevic is someone that I really want to dig deeper into because he's such a fascinating player. He doesn't do anything insanely well but he does everything good if that makes sense a kind of a jack of all trades and i'm really impressed by what he's done yeah there's a lack of foot speed and everything else but at the same time i think he's been a really solid addition and i can see why the canadians grabbed him off of waivers uh this one comes from goalie droid which will hurt worse suzuki and caulfield on a cold streak or a drop in allen and montembeau's goaltending it's always going to be the goaltending because I think the Habs can eventually start getting more scoring from their depth pieces here. I think guys like Dodonov, and we've seen Hoffman start to pick it up a little bit, Dvorak and Gallagher are getting chances. They will eventually hit their regression at the same time that probably Suzuki and Caulfield are regressing down a little bit there. Kirby Doc hasn't been doing anything insane in terms of shooting percentage or anything else, and that is also a factor in this. But if Allen and Montembeau aren't stopping pucks, those, you know, twos and threes can become fours and fives on the scoreboard very, very quickly. And Allen's kind of already regressed to about where we thought he would be. I think he's always going to be around that 9-10 in a very good year. Samuel Montembeau is punching so far above his weight that it's almost inexplicable. And at the same time, after everything that guy went through last year, good. He deserves every bit of joy and happiness that he can find in that right now. Uh, we're going to shift over to some of the answers I got on my Twitter account. And this one comes from our friend at underscore rally cap, which if you love the Raptors, you love the Blue Jays, you love women's hockey or WNBA. Andy's your guy. We love Andy on this show. Hope you're having a good day, buddy. Give everyone on the current roster a wrestler name. Well, that one's going to be tough because hockey nicknames are terrible because everyone is Z or you add a Y to the end of it or something like Jack. I, you know, we've heard the Costco killer. We've heard Jack hammer. We've heard all these things. They're great. What do you call someone like David Savard? Like it ever just goes savvy. No, it's, it's boring. I, I want to take some time on this because everyone kind of went with a wrestling theme on this. And I really, really actually enjoy that. So, um, I may take time on that and start coming up with stuff over the weekend when I have a little bit of time off to think. Um, so thank you for putting that earworm in my brain. Uh, from Logan B., who would each have be if they were an attitude era wrestler? Again, 
going to be a long list. And this might be something I do before Elon Musk burns down Twitter with whatever insane policy he's going to release next. And maybe I'll do a full thread of that on Twitter. But he actually has a real question. But for real, trade-wise, whose stock is up and down? And do you see much happening in the near before Christmas future? Mike Hoffman's stock is on the way up right now. He's on a goal streak right now. He looks so much more involved now that things have balanced out. He's on the way up. Sean Monahan has been on the way up since he got here. He's been a strong performer all year round. I think he's on the way up. Josh Anderson's stock is down. Is he a trade piece? It's up. It's all up to your interpretation. I think he is only because I think there are teams that are really willing to overpay for a guy of Josh Anderson's uh, talents. And Evgeny Dodonov, I think, is holding steady. They got to figure they, he's got to get more games in there, but the efforts there. I thought he looked good against the Red Wings. I thought he looked good against the Canucks. I think he just needs that first goal to kind of break the ice there a little bit. And Jonathan Drouin, slight drop, could probably use a goal here or there, and I think he'd be much, much better. Uh, and this one comes from Aaron, uh, who has also been on Game Over Montreal, is a good friend of the show. What do I think of Matthew Joseph's preferred poutine? And for those of you who missed this, Matthew Joseph sat down, I believe it was with TSN, and gave his poutine recommendations. And when I tell you that his actual answer shocked me, it's not great. Matthew Joseph is from Quebec, so he knows good poutine. This man said KFC poutine is some of the best he's had. And when I read that, my jaw hit the floor and I got real, 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 real upset about it. Like, how? Like, fat. Sorry about that. My microphone managed to unplug itself, which is not great. So we are using the other one here because it decided to disconnect because I got a little too heated. Matthew Joseph said that, you know, KFC poutine is his favorite. Fast food poutine is barely poutine to begin with. Sorry, not sorry for that fact. And I got to be honest, I'm not really willing to go to Quebec and try KFC poutine to try it. Not when in the province of Quebec, in Montreal, you have La Banquise, you have um, Ma Pouillet, Mouillet. You have better options than going to KFC for poutine. I am begging you, do not, do not, do not try to serve me KFC poutine. There will be hands thrown. And no, I will not eat it for a food challenge because quite frankly, I'm not driving to Canada for it and driving it back while trying to keep it warm because it's going to be disgusting by the time I get home. So that's, I, I've never been, I've been disappointed in a lot of things, but I think that actually might be the worst. So that is going to wrap up this edition of our Friday mailbag. As always, I want to thank everyone for listening and sticking with me this week as I've solo hosted the show. I know all of you miss Laura. I miss Laura here as well. She will be back going into next week after her vacation is said and done. Folks, it has been an honor, a pleasure for this mailbag. As always, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow me at Scott Metla. Follow this wherever you get your daily podcast and make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Folks, we will see you all next time.